0: Food bloggers, hi, how are you today? Thank you so much for tuning in to the Eat Blog Talk podcast. This is the place for food bloggers to get information and inspiration to accelerate your blog's growth and ultimately help you to achieve your freedom, whether that's financial, personal, or professional. I'm Megan Porta, and I've been a food blogger for over 12 years. I understand how isolating food blogging can be at times. I'm on a mission to motivate, inspire, and most importantly, let each and every food blogger Including you, know that you are heard and supported. Welcome to episode number 379, sponsored by Rank IQ. In today's episode, I have a chat with Natalie Bardo. Natalie is from nataliebardo.com and she talks about how to grow your food blog using Pinterest. She is a Pinterest marketing expert. She believes that we are leaving traffic opportunities on the table by not exploring Pinterest more. So whether you're a new Pinterest user or you're an old user who's gotten frustrated over the years, she really believes that we should dig back into it. We have a great discussion about that in this episode. By the way, I didn't mention this in the episode, but she does have a free live Pinterest bootcamp coming up on January 23rd. I mentioned it's free. You should go sign up for it and see what she has to offer. If you go to the show notes at eblogtalk.com forward slash Natalie Bardo, Natalie spelled with a D, so N-A-D-A-L-I-E, Bardo, you can get all the information and click over. So we'll see you there and enjoy the episode. Hey, awesome food bloggers. Before we dig into this episode, I have a really quick favor to ask you. Go to your favorite podcast player, go to Eat Blog Talk. scroll down to the bottom where you see the ratings and review section. Leave Eat Blog Talk a five-star rating if you love this podcast and leave a great review. This will only benefit this podcast. It adds value. And I so very much appreciate your efforts with this. Thank you so much for doing this. Okay, now on to the episode. Natalie is a Pinterest coach dedicated to helping blogs, brands, and businesses like yours achieve their goals of more traffic, more subscribers, and more sales. Achieving 1 million views on Pinterest since her very first month for her personal development blog, It's All You Boo, she's grown her email list to 14K subscribers and has sold thousands of copies of her digital products and courses. As a Pinterest coach, Natalie has taught thousands of creators how to market their blogs, businesses, and brands on Pinterest. Hey, Natalie. Thanks for joining us on eBlog Talk today. How are you doing?
1: I'm good. Good, good. I am like, even just the the thought of like the word eat, I'm like, ooh, food.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. Where's my lunch? (laughs) Right. Well, I'm excited to chat about Pinterest today with you. I know you love Pinterest. You're an expert in this area. But before we get into that, what fun fact do you have to share with us?
1: Yeah, so I'm a plant mama. I don't know if we really talk about it much, but I I literally have over forty houseplants. <laughs> <gasps> like the smallest is maybe like an inch tall, and the largest is probably you know like to my chin, like a good five foot something.
0: <laughs> wow, I have envy for people who are like that because I'm not, but I want to be. So tell me, what is the like? What's a low maintenance but beautiful? plant if you have an option a few options
1: so do you have like a lot of natural light or is your home like a little darker yeah we do have a lot of natural light so I think like the easiest plant in the world is like they all look it's like the mother-in-law or the the the, you know like a snake plant super easy to grow Uh you know it almost looks like the leaves of the tulip you've definitely seen them impossible yes I know you're talking like you could literally (laughs) snap it in half Which I've done by accident, and just stick it back in the ground and it will just grow like new roots. And like ZZ plants are also very low maintenance. They're very hard to kill. Like even if they're infected by bugs, you know, like they'll survive.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Okay. I love, I've, for the past few years, I've been obsessed with succulents, Mm -hmm. but I find that they only last. I don't know. I mean, I feel like they should last longer than they do. I don't know if I'm killing them or if they have a lifespan. I haven't figured this out yet. Succulents
1: are hard. Like you you jumped in the deep end. (laughs) Oh,
0: (laughs) whoops. I didn't mean to do that, but they're so pretty. They're so cool. Yeah. I love them. Okay. Well, I love knowing that about you. So now any plant related questions I have, I will be emailing you and you're going to get really annoyed with me. (laughs) So let's talk Pinterest. You are a Pinterest expert. You've dedicated a lot of time to helping people figure out their Pinterest marketing. So let's dig right into this. I'm going to ask you just a huge question right off the bat, Natalie. Why do you feel like every food blogger should be immersing themselves in Pinterest marketing?
1: Oh my gosh. Number one reason I would say that food and recipes is the largest niche on Pinterest, if not like in the top three for sure. I'd say, you know, your average person is on Pinterest and looking for recipes is probably one of the main things they're searching for. So it is like the largest catalog if we think about it, you know, in terms of like which website has the most recipes save to it it would definitely be pinterest so if you're a recipe blogger and you want to build a dedicated fan base that loves what you're creating that follows you that engages with you then pinterest is still the place to be and i would say even more so since quite a few people have fallen off quite a few creators have given up then you know you have the opportunity to step in and like take take up more space than before you know does that make sense
0: yeah so new space has opened up because i was just sharing with you before we recorded like a lot of people in my circle that i know are really frustrated and fed up with pinterest because it's not act like quote behaving the same as it used to right so they get frustrated and they throw in the towel and they walk away And you're saying like, okay, that's opportunity because that is opening up space for others to scooch in and take the spotlight. Definitely.
1: That spotlight's waiting for you.
0: (laughs) Yes. And I love what you said about food and recipes being, it's like the biggest catalog for food and recipes. And not just that, but food and recipes tied to mouthwatering images, right? And that's That's what really pulls the people in. I believe that's why I've always loved Pinterest because people see your hero shot and they need to click over because they need to know how you created that delicious food. So I think it's such a powerful platform for that reason alone. Yeah,
1: like food bloggers, you have so many images. And I'd say like, unlike maybe if you're trying to rank for SEO and you're focused on site speed, maybe your images will slow you down. But like for Pinterest... Your images, like that's your edge. That's the place for them, you know? Like share all of them there.
0: Yes, that's your edge. I love that. Okay, so I'm gonna ask you a few questions that aren't in the notes just as they come up. And <laughs> so let me know if like you do if you don't have knowledge or whatever as we go. But what are your thoughts on like static pins versus idea pins? Should we be doing all of the above?
1: Yeah. So just tying this back to what we were just talking about, people giving up and leaving, like, oh, this isn't what I signed up for. Everything's so different. I would say that everything's so different because I think a lot of creators got distracted by a lot of the new features. And some of those new features, yes, idea pins, we all have Pinterest TV, the pin, You know, the verified merchant program, there's so many new things, but foundationally static pins is what's going to drive traffic to your site. And, you know, I, I do believe that, yes, we have so much potential with idea pins, especially if you are a US based creator. You know, there are new opportunities, even with Pinterest TV, to do brand collaborations, to get in front of people, to show off your amazing cooking and recipe creating skills. But I do believe that, you know, we need to balance the foundational secrets of Pinterest success, which is consistently creating those static standard pins that allow people to click and get to our website, right? Because at the end of the day, we want traffic, right?
0: Yes, we, want <laughs> yes, we do. want
1: That's why we're here.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. So, I mean, it's okay to do the idea pins to create those and to be in the program and do Pinterest TV, but you're saying don't lose sight of those static pins, those traffic drivers. Yeah,
1: definitely not. Because uh, I've seen many accounts that, you know, they say, you know, I'm not getting traffic anymore. And it's because they're just turning out all these idea pins which is is taking that spotlight away from your standard pin. So we need to share the love, not, you know, eclipse one for the other.
0: Hmm. Okay. And for a while, I feel like, and maybe this was just, you know, handed down from food blogger to food blogger to food blogger, but I feel like people were saying that the more idea pins they created – the less their static pins were gaining traction. But maybe that's because of what you're saying and that they were just replacing one for the other. Yeah,
1: I think it has to be a balance. And like, for example, you know, a couple of food bloggers accounts come to mind and they are consistently creating idea pins, but they're also consistently creating standard pins. And when their idea pins take off, particularly those that are focused on seasonality. So we're talking about, making sure your Thanksgiving recipes are out in September so they can like build traction, right? Or holiday recipes or spring or some, you know, making sure you're tied to the season, but also getting started ahead. Those who create those idea pins, those idea pins take off, but so do their standard pins. So, you know, it is very much that saying of like the rising tide lifts all boats. And in this in this instance, our boats are our pins, but that's what I've seen. So you just have to make sure you're not just creating like three idea pins a day and no standard pins because we want to make sure our images are getting indexed, that they're being found in search. And still people like at the heart of it, Pinterest is a search engine. People are looking and the things that they're clicking on in search results are still standard pins. So I think if you're struggling with this or if it was an issue, you know, I honestly ask you, okay, are you overshadowing or you know underplaying the importance of these standard pins or also video pins you know i feel like there's a lot of room a lot of people aren't creating video pins and we still have the capability and it's just another way to stand out and you can still get the click you know just just make sure you're balanced that you're not doing too much because if we think about it when you create a pin pinterest is pushing that out to your followers but if all you're pushing out is idea pins they're never really going to see your standard pins
0: balance. That's what it's all about. Not just here, but everywhere, right? In our whole world, I feel like that's our lesson is to balance it out.
1: Yeah. And one more tiny tip about idea pins, like say, for example, you have a holiday recipe, right? It's a blog post you just did, you just published it. Don't pin your standard image pin and then an idea pin on the exact same recipe at the same time. Like I would just stagger it, you know, spread them out.
0: And how far apart do you recommend spreading it apart? A couple of weeks, a week, maybe a week, a week or more. Okay. And what is the reason for that? Do you think Pinterest sees them both and like favors one and kind of drops the other or
1: what? I think I'm thinking of it more as from the perspective of the user, right? So a lot of the times when people are creating idea pins, the idea pin gives it all the way. So in this in in a way it's like more of an infographic where I don't need to, I don't need to go to your website because why? You just gave me all the information on this pin. And if I'm looking at something and I see an image, which is just an image, or I can watch this idea pin that tells me everything, which one am I going to give my attention to? It's the idea pin, right? It's the same, it's the same reason why, for example, when people create infographics or charts or those types of images, they don't really get clicks, but they get a lot of saves because people don't necessarily need to come to your website. So if you use your idea pins more as a way to share, you know, a cooking tip or show a bunch of recipes as opposed to giving away the entire recipe, more of a trailer for your recipe as opposed to your entire recipe. Does that make sense?
0: Okay. Yeah. I love how you explain that. So more of a trailer
1: or tease. And then
0: Yeah. For idea pins, I'm just trying to think if if my VA does this for me at all. I don't know, maybe a little bit, but doing a collection. So like roundup style idea pins, do people do
1: that? Yeah, I have seen those, especially in even like lifestyle, right? Like outfits or, you know, images of like a, of decorations, for example, if it's like a home decor type vibe. So yeah, you could even do you know, top five recipes for New Year's Eve, right? And then you're just telling them to like, go check out all your recipes, right? You can show it off as opposed to giving it all away.
0: So we might have covered some of this already, but do you have best practices for Pinterest marketing as we go into 2023?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of what worked in 2022 is going to continue to work into 2023. You know, barring any big shakeups on the platform. So I think when we come to best practices, number one is, of course, we want to focus on consistency. You know, I think there's a lot of talk about like, what's the magic number of pins we should be putting out every day. I'd say minimum, you want to do around three to five fresh pins a day if you can. If you can't, at least one or two brand new pins that you've never shared before, build up that consistency. You can schedule them out prioritizing, you know, your SEO. So yes, properly optimizing your pin titles, your pin descriptions, your boards, just check every single box because these things matter. I would say another really great best practice, I mentioned this earlier, is focusing on the seasons. Like Pinterest search and the traffic on that site is very much driven by what people are looking for when, and that shifts with every single month. And keep in mind that pinners are thinking far ahead. So if you have the opportunity to create your content early ahead of the curve, that search curve, then you're going to have a lot more success. So making sure that you use the tools that are available to you, like Pinterest trends, figure out what are people looking for when, create those recipes ahead of time, Also, designing multiple pins per post. So I know you food bloggers love taking photos. Use them. I also encourage you, if you are taking your images yourself, or even if you're paying someone, say, hey, when you're taking my images, just shoot some video. Even if they're just five, 10-second clips, that you can then incorporate into using as video pins or they can even become the first slide of your idea pins. So things like that are going to be helpful. I also encourage you that going into the new year, look at Pinterest, not just as a silo, but find ways to promote your Pinterest account outside of the platform. So if that means You know, using something like Tailwind Communities to get others in your niche to share your pins to their boards. That's going to be helpful or looking and saying, "Okay, I have an email list when I blast out my recipe. Can I just add a link that says pin this for later? That's going to help to start to build up engagement on your profile. So things like that. These are the foundational practices. They're going to help you a lot. And also just keep in mind things not to do in terms of don't repin, don't stress about group boards, just focus on you and yourself as, you know, the stepping into the spotlight as this amazing and boss, you know, recipe and food blogger. I think that's going to take you, you know, to places in the new year with your pinning. That was all
0: such great information. Thank you for all of that. I do have a few questions. So you mentioned focusing on seasons. How far in advance do you recommend mapping out content to align with Pinterest?
1: Yeah, so I would say if you want to do the best, like I would focus on 90 days ahead of time. So that gives you time to create your content, take your images, design your pins, and schedule them out. Keep in mind that you know, one of the shifts that's happening is that it can take a lot longer for your pin to be indexed and to show up in search results. So some accounts are seeing that it takes three weeks. Some newer accounts are seeing that it can take over a month. So that's why we do want to get started early because it's giving us time to, yes, create that content, to pin it, to even schedule out multiple pins, but to also make sure that say, if somebody is looking for an Easter recipe, that our recipe is up in time to be found, to meet that search, to meet the demand. So 90 days, you know, is when I would. So I would even just go look at your calendar. You're listening to this right now. Okay, what's 90 days from now? And start brainstorming and start creating that content.
0: Okay, cool. And then, so you mentioned like one to two or three to five fresh pins a day. What you mean by fresh pins is that like a new image for each url or what does that mean
1: yeah so a fresh pin is just a brand new image that has never been saved to pinterest before so we're not doing things like taking the same image and saving it multiple times you're saving it once you're optimizing it to the nines when you save it that one time and then we move on and we're creating a new image So that's why I encourage everyone to take as many photos as possible, have some pin templates, at least five or more for every single recipe so that it isn't hard for you to create multiple pieces of content and spread them out. So another best practice, you know, some people will tell you, okay, yes, you can wait one day to share the same link again. I'm of the mind that I would rather give every single pin their chance to shine and I'd space out sharing the same link by a week. So say for example, you created a new recipe, you automatically pin it, wait seven days before you share another image again, even better if you wait eight, because then you can stagger it. And you know, you're know you giving that piece of content a better chance to succeed as opposed to just like pinning at the exact same time in the same day of the week.
0: Taking a really quick break from the episode to chat about Rank IQ, my favorite keyword research tool that is made just for bloggers. Maybe you are looking for a more efficient way to do keyword research in 2023. And a way to open up space in your business so you can work on other projects. Or maybe you just want some much needed time off throughout the year. I'll share about a strategy that worked really well for me in 2022 for my blog, Pippin Ebby. It required four intensive months of work and it has produced a nice, fruitful crop of blog traffic and revenue. During those four months, I published 57 blog posts, all of which were run through the Rank IQ keyword research tool and optimizer and most of which were non-recipe content. They did not require recipe development, cooking, or photography. My blog traffic has been up 64% year over year thanks to this strategy, and that number has held strong for four months now. Go to rankiq.com to check it out for yourself. Now back to the episode. And then you also mentioned optimizing for SEO, so title, description, and even your boards. Can you tell us, just give us like basics for that? How do we optimize the best for Pinterest?
1: Yeah, so same SEO rules apply as everywhere. So one, you're going to find your best keyword phrase for your piece of content. I encourage you to, you know, target your recipes at more longer tails. So as opposed to just like, you know, holiday recipe. Okay, let's be super specific. You know, try to find three to five word phrase that you can use Make sure that phrase is in your pin title, that it is in your pin description. And of course, if possible, even just adding it to your image in a clearly easy to read font. So avoid like super swirly scripty fonts that are hard for Pinterest to read. So we're just checking all those boxes. Also, you're going to make sure you save that pin to a board that is also optimized. So it has a title. So if it's easy chicken dinners or whatever the title types of recipes would be, that's your board title. And also just write a description. So when we're adding our, in for our descriptions, you know, for a pin descriptions, you have 500 characters. So just use the Pinterest search bar. So when you click, there's autofill, like it's showing you, okay, these are the suggested searches. So the words that are coming up in the search bar, they're coming up because people are searching for them. So you can also use a tool like Pinterest Trends to find these keywords, but sometimes, you know, Pinterest Trends is pretty limited. You can just use the search bar. So, you know, as you're writing your pin descriptions, as you're writing your board descriptions, incorporate these words that you're finding when you're typing in, you know, your specific type of recipe you're trying to find that is going to just checking those boxes alone is going to help you. And if you're doing idea pins or video pins, just add in some topic tags. So topic tag is pretty much think of it as like, almost like a hashtag. We don't do hashtags anymore, but they're only available for idea pins and video pins.
0: Okay, so what are topic tags?
1: Yeah, so it's just think of it like you're adding just just like how you would, for example, add a category to your blog post, right? So Pinterest has these categories of content only for video pins and idea pins for some reason. And by tagging it, you're just telling Pinterest, okay, this recipe is relevant for, maybe it's relevant for Thanksgiving. Maybe it's, you know, weeknight dinners. I don't know what these specific keywords would be, but you would just type them in. So for example, if you're trying to find the right topic tags, Think about, okay, what is my content about recipe? Type that in, see what comes up. If it's for a specific holiday, type that in, see if that comes up. If it's for a season, type that in, see what comes up. So with topic tags, there is one thing that's frustrating is that it's like a limiting amount of options. Like you're like, oh, why isn't this keyword here? So instead of trying to fit your recipe into like a tiny cup, you know, take a step back and see, okay what's a wider bucket that this recipe could be related to because you want to add more topic tags so that your piece of content can be found by more people. So it's just the search engines way of like categorizing, okay, what is this recipe about? Who should I show this piece of content to? So you just want to make sure you try and find more topic tags that are relevant, but that's only for video and idea pins. I don't know why. This is the way of Pinterest. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay.
0: All right. And then for, you mentioned Pinterest trends a little bit and how it's kind of limited. How do you recommend food bloggers do use Pinterest trends?
1: Use it as well as you can. So of course, one, choose your country where you have the most traffic from. Most of us, that's probably the US, no matter where we live. And then just like how you would use a search bar to try and find related topics that you could create for your content or that you can assigned to your topic. Cause I know a lot of us create content and then try to optimize it, but just type it in, type in the search bar, play around, see what the suggested related searches are. If you cannot find anything related, I would actually use Google trends because I found that a lot of the times the keyword trend graphs and you know, when search spikes, is almost identical for both platforms but Google Trends has more of a more of a history of search terms and more, you know, data that you can go with if Google Trends lets you down. So, if Google okay. sorry, if Pinterest Trends let you down. Pinterest, if Pinterest Trends okay. doesn't have it. Check the search bar on Pinterest. If that doesn't have it, then maybe you shouldn't be creating that content because there isn't that much interest, but if you still want to go check Google Trends. Okay.
0: (laughs) No, I like hearing that and getting permission on that because I've heard different trains of thought on that. Like, yeah. Okay. So I appreciate that. And kind of back to the SEO thing. Do we do our keyword research with a combination of like using Pinterest trends and the standard way that we do keyword research for our posts?
1: Yeah, so you would be optimizing your on-site SEO for your search engine, right, for Google. But you would be optimizing your pins because most likely you're using some type of social sharing plugin or even if you're just scheduling your pins using something like Tailwind, or even using just the Pinterest website, when you're adding in your pin titles and your pin descriptions, you don't necessarily need to make any changes on your website, right? So sometimes the keywords are the same, sometimes they're not. So you definitely wanna prioritize the terms that you're finding on Pinterest, as opposed to the terms that you're finding in Google when you're writing your pin titles and your pin descriptions. Because remember, when you're saving those pins, odds are that's happening either, you know, directly through your scheduler or if you're trying to pin it with like a the built-in plugin, you know, like the pin it button on your site. Yeah. So they can be separate.
0: You've mentioned Tailwind a couple of times. Do you still feel like it's a relevant tool to use for food bloggers?
1: I think it's a relevant tool because I'm the type of person who wants to batch and get ahead you know, Pinterest, if you want to schedule directly on the website, you're still only limited to two weeks at a time. So there's only so far ahead you can get with that. So for me, I like to be able to schedule far in advance. Some people will argue that, okay, the pins I schedule on Tailwind, they don't do well. I've had viral pins go out from Tailwind, so that's not my experience. But if that is a worry for you, I would compare. Like, Just track, say, okay, I'm going to put these ones out on the Pinterest website. I'm going to put these ones out through a scheduler and see which ones do better. That's a way you can test. But for me, the scheduler on Tailwind is just one of many features. Tailwind communities are still a relevant way for you to grow your account, especially if you're stuck. There are so many communities with food bloggers. And sometimes the ability for you to rank in a Pinterest search result all you just need is somebody else to save your PIN, right? You need that engagement, you need, Pinterest needs almost this bit of verification like, oh yes, you know, Megan's awesome, right? Look how many people are saving her PIN. You need that engagement and that's just one of those ways to get it. Also, they just released this new like ghostwriter feature which will write your PIN descriptions for you. It's pretty cool.
0: Oh, nice, awesome. I'll take take them up on that. <laughs> Okay. Great to hear that from you. And then do you have any advice to just simplify Pinterest overall? Because I feel like it's kind of overwhelming for people, especially new bloggers who come in and they're hearing, you know, I have to create idea pins and standard pins, static pins and video, and it can be a lot and enough to make people just kind of want to walk away. So can you simplify, give us some steps that make it less overwhelming?
1: Yeah. So I would say that Pinterest being easier for you, the key is just to insert it into your workflow and not see it as this other thing you need to do. So, what does that mean? Like, how do you add it to your workflow? So, for example, you're taking images anyways, right? So, just make sure that, okay, I'm going to make use of those photos afterwards. Or, for example, when you create your content, just design a pin image. A lot of us, Have You mentioned the hero image. A lot of us, we create an image for our blog posts, for our recipe posts. All I do for my blog is just crop off the ends and that's my pin, right? So find a way for it to be part of just what you do, as opposed to this other thing that is yet again on top of everything. Another thing that for me makes it so much easier is that I just batch. So I will just sit down for a couple hours and I'll just design a whole bunch of pins. I'll down, I use Canva, you know, you can get started for free. If you have pin templates, either you've purchased them or you create your own, you just need like five templates. And say, for example, if you have a new piece of content that comes out, you just drop in your new image and update the text. It doesn't take a long time to create some fresh pins. And then I like to just save them to my computer in different folders so that when I wanna schedule, they're good to go. And just having that time, like I will design them and then I'll just schedule them, which is why I encourage you to just use Tailwind. And don't see it, like I think Pinterest is, it's more of a mental hurdle than anything else. Like you already know what you're doing. You already put all this work into creating your content. And I think we just need to shift some energy to making sure that people find you and discover you. Because I think we can get trapped in content creation and not realize that, you know what? Promotion is almost as important, if not more important, than just creating and creating and creating.
0: So yeah, I loved all of that. So adding it to your workflow so it's not like you're going out of your way to do things. And then I'm such a huge proponent of batching. So I love those recommendations. Is there anything else you have just to simplify the process? Yeah,
1: like don't get all like shiny object, cross-eyed and like swirly-eyed over all the new features. I think, yes, Pinterest is changing. Yes, there are new things you can do now that you couldn't before and there are gonna be even more new features. That's all lovely. But you yourself do not need to do all those things, right? So keep it simple. And at the end of the day, all Pinterest is is you designing an image and you linking to your content and sharing it out to the world, one pin at a time. And I think you can kind of put blinders on and have a bit of tunnel vision on that and just be like, okay, I just need to share this image that links to my content. I just need to share this image that links to my content. And like, that's it. At least once a day, schedule it out, batch it, so you don't even have to stress. You literally don't even have to open the Pinterest website or app every day. To me, I find that a lot easier you don't get as distracted. You don't like go on and see, oh wow, you know, all these other people are doing all these things. That's great. I why don't I do that? You know, you just kind of stay focused on your mission. And at the heart of it, Pinterest is a tool for you to just grow your traffic, grow your audience and everything else with it. And in order for that to work out, you just need to make an image, save it to Pinterest, right? So to me, that's kind of where I focus. I don't get too caught up or starry eyed about like everything that's out there. And yes, that could be your goal to build up to Pinterest TV, to build up to making idea pins, but you don't have to do that right now to grow your traffic.
0: I really hope this conversation inspires people to pick Pinterest back up if they've set it down, put it on a shelf, and let it collect dust because I agree with everything you're saying. I've always been a huge Pinterest fan. And I've always seen the potential, even when the waters have gotten a little rough, like new things come out and things seem shaky. But I always feel like exactly what you're saying, like go back to the basics. You really don't have to do that much. It's really, really simple. And if you want to do extra, fine, right?
1: It's not required. Like confession, I'm not making idea pins. I personally am not making idea pins, Ah. right? I just focus on my standard pins. I do make video pins because I like to just have a little variety in there. And, you know, I'm coming up on my biggest season right now. I will hit over 10 million views. And that is just by just sticking with creating my pins and just pinning consistently leading up to the big days. Everything else is like sprinkles on the cake, but that is the cake. (laughs) You know? Yeah.
0: Have you talked to many creators who have done the Pinterest TV experience?
1: Yeah. So I am actually going to do a few episodes coming up, but that's only because I have the time, right? But I wouldn't say it's essential. The ones I've talked to, like I always love doing my research as I create any of my content. And a few of them, they do say yes, they get like a spike in followers and clicks to their website, especially if it's, you know, they're they're showing off a recipe. So the advice I've received from the people who've done it uh, is that you just want to keep it simple. So go ahead and apply for it. You just have to fill out a little form. It doesn't take long. You suggest a few episodes. I would look at what are your top what are your top blog posts, right? They like it to be seasonal because if you go and look at what's coming up for Pinterest TV, it is very much tied to like, you know, what's coming up, right? So Think of a few ideas. Keep it simple, like one recipe, because your segment's going to be 30 minutes and you're going to get interaction and questions. But once again, this is all optional. If that feels overwhelming and you don't want to go live on Pinterest, you don't have to. You know, It's just a fun thing you can do if you have the free time.
0: Yes, I love that. Giving permission to explore new avenues if, if you have the free time, <laughs> not a mandatory thing.
1: Yeah. And you can do it and hate it. And that's totally fine.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Right. Exactly. But try it once and see if you like it. Okay. I love this conversation, Natalie. Is there anything else you feel like we should mention to people maybe considering getting back on the platform or getting on it in the first place before we start saying goodbye?
1: It's just so worth it. Like, I know I'm biased by saying this. I'm a Pinterest coach, right? Like Pinterest was the defining choice I made for myself But it works. It's worth it. Your content is amazing. Your recipes are delicious and yummy. And just imagine what could happen if more people could find you. And you're busy. And I'm telling you, if you're going to post anywhere, posting to Pinterest has that longevity and it's worth your effort. So that's just my little bit of encouragement. It's worth it. And just focus on doing the basics. That's going to bring you success. Thank you,
0: Natalie. This was so informative and fun and a great perspective, I think, on a platform that we could all benefit from. So thank you for joining me today. We appreciate you.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. Do you have a favorite quote or words of inspiration to leave us with today?
1: Yeah. So not really related to what we were talking about, but I'd say like one of my favorite quotes is that, you know, you can always make more money, but you can't make more time. So...
0: You know, I would
1: say maybe we can make it related to Pinterest. If you're at a point where you can outsource it, then go ahead, you know, bring back time into your into your life and let somebody else help you grow it.
0: Yes, please. Bring back time into your life. We will put together a show notes page for you, Natalie. If anyone wants to look at them, you can go to eatblogtalk.com forward slash Natalie Bardo. Tell everyone where they can find you, Natalie, online, social media, etc. And Pinterest, of course.
1: Yeah. So if you just Google Natalie, so my name is spelt with a D, not a T. I'm one of the only ones, so you'll find me. I'm at Natalie Bardo on everything, Pinterest, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. That's also my domain. I have a YouTube channel where I release weekly free training. So check it out. If you're like, okay, I need a little bit more help. I want you to show me how to do it. Then that's definitely the place to check out.
0: All right. Well, awesome. Thanks again, Natalie, for being here. And thank you so much for listening today, food bloggers. I will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Eat Blog Talk. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd be so grateful if you posted it to your social media feed and stories. I will see you next time.